Hey, Prime members, you can listen to Ion Travel with Peter Greenberg, that's me, ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the app today. This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you can have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie. And we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews. But now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move, or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. Rakuten's Big Give Week is back with 15% cash back. It's a festival of savings at hundreds of stores, including Doc Martens, Ninja Kitchen, and Hotels.com. Prep for summer and save big on beauty, travel, electronics, and more. It's one of Rakuten's biggest cashback events, and it's on May 6th through May 13th. Join today for free and get an extra 10% cashback boost. Go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app today. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. It's time for Peter Greenberg Worldwide with America's number one travel news journalist. And now the man who travels over 400,000 miles each year, the travel detective, Peter Greenberg. 
Hi, everybody. Peter Greenberg here, and welcome to this edition of Ion Travel. This week on the podcast, my conversations with Brian Kelly, who's the founder and CEO of The Points Guy, one of the great sites for airline or frequent flyer geeks like me, maybe even you too. And you may have heard that the mayor of Las Vegas, Carolyn Goodman, wants to reopen her city and all those casinos right away. But what do the frontline workers in that city think? Well, we'll talk to someone who knows, labor leader D. Taylor. And finally, my conversation with David Kong, the CEO of Best Western, one of the biggest hotel brands in the world. First up, Brian Kelly. Hey, Brian. Thanks for having me. Am I right? This is the longest period of time you've not been on a plane? Yeah, I think I was a broke college sophomore, uh, <laughs> you know, the last time that I not only didn't take a flight for this long, but I have no idea when my next flight will be. Do you? I don't need, no, not, not even a clue. I can tell you when it won't be. It won't be anytime soon. Yeah. Uh, uh, and, and the reason why I'm saying that is, and maybe you're feeling the same way, there's no United States of America here. We're individual states of America. Mm-hmm. Everybody's going to be acting in their own self-interest. I wouldn't be a bit surprised if uh, states close their borders to anybody who doesn't have a license plate with their state's name on it. Yeah. Um, and I mean, because we, when, when you yeah. have seven states right now that are operating without any stay-at-home order, I mean, those are the states that are going to be targeted by any other state saying, we don't want you. Yeah. I mean, we saw that towards the tail end of, uh, you know, uh, Spirit Airlines completely stopping all New York City flights and, you know, the governors of Texas and Florida basically telling New Yorkers, stay home, you know, <laughs> don't come here. Now those 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 scripts could be flipped based on, uh, you know, oh, how yeah. different handling it, because this isn't, you know, the genie's out of the bottle here. We can't put it back in. And the best way now is to deal with it. So it's. It's a little concerning that there's kind of responses all across the board. And, you know, if you're an airline or if you're a hotel, we'll get to cruises later. But if you're an airline or hotel, how do you plan your routes? How do you plan your schedule when the airports you're flying from or to may not like each other anymore? Yeah. And, and now some airports are even closing. You know, Westchester Airport just shut down fully this week. But, uh, you know, and the government's not making it any easier with the bailout money. Airlines have to fly certain routes, even if there's not a single passenger on those planes. So it is a funky time for aviation all around. It is. I'll tell you, the thing that threw me for a loop was, you know, I for years, I lived on the American Airlines Transcon. I live in L.A. I live in New York. Back and forth in the old days to the Today Show, now back and forth in the new days to CBS News on American Airlines. They literally have eliminated the Transcon flights. American used to have like 10 a day. Now they have zero a day. The only guys flying Transcon that I can find is maybe one flight on JetBlue and maybe, maybe one flight on Delta. That's it. Yeah. You know, United is starting to fly again, but they took off live flat seats. So they're putting, uh, you know, fuel efficient, smaller aircraft. But interestingly enough, they're kind of keeping the pricing the same. That premium Transcom pricing stays, even though it's a recliner seat. So not that we should be complaining. You know why the premium pricing is staying? Because I think they've learned a lesson here. But the worst four letter word that starts with F in travel is fear mm-hmm. and they can't discount their way out of this. So the people who are going to fly are only the people who absolutely have to fly right now, and they'll pay for it. Yeah, that's absolutely true. I know. But now, if you, if you think about how this is going to all roll out, uh, there's no playbook here. There's no manual of operation. Uh, and I'm hearing that Paris, or France for that matter, may not even open until September. Spain might not even open until December. Ironically, the, one of the first places that will open is Hawaii. Yeah. Uh, and right now, imagine, Hawaii is totally closed. Not a single hotel open, maybe three or four restaurants in each neighbor island open just for takeout only. That's it. And in a state that depends, you know, what is it, 80 percent of their entire income on travel and tourism, this is tough. But then we have to deal with who do they want coming back? You and I remember, Brian, that 
The one thing you could never bring into Hawaii was fruits and vegetables. Well, you know, they wanted to protect their agricultural crops. Well, guess who the new fruit and vegetables are? It's us. Yeah, I know. Testing is going to be huge. You know, we just saw Emirates is now testing every passenger before they get on board. And, uh, you know, the flight attendants, Emirates just rolled out their new flight attendant uniform. I don't know if you saw it, but it's what the is it, a hazmat, it's a hazmat, the hazmat suit. Yeah, it's like, uh, you know, Etihad now has it checks your temperature when you check in at the kiosk. So there are huge changes to come in aviation, you know, because we're not going to have a vaccine for 18 months. Maybe, maybe. maybe yeah. So who the heck's going to get on a plane if there's this killer virus? Um, but hopefully we learn a lot more about the virus, how to, you know, to manage it where it's not so scary. But right now there's just still so many unknowns. But we do know that planes and cruise ships are not great places to be if you want to avoid getting COVID-19. In theory, now we have to see what they do in execution. As the, you mentioned cruise ships, so let's go there for a second. My guess is they have such a steep hill to climb that with exceedingly few exceptions, I don't think they have a schedule the rest of this year. Um, I think they're really looking for the first and the second quarter of 2021. In fact, you know, coming up next month would be the start normally of their big Alaska cruise season with one small little difficulty. It's called Canada. And Canada is not letting any cruise ships in. And when that happens, I don't know if you remember this, there's something called the Jones Act. And the Jones Act goes back to 1939. Most people don't know it. It was passed to try to protect the American Merchant Marine. In fact, it ended up killing the American Merchant Marine. And here's the way it rules. It says no ship that's not based in the U.S. And Brian, you and I both know there no, no. aren't any of those, <laughs> right? can sail between any two U.S. ports without stopping in a foreign port first. That's why so many Alaska cruises start from Vancouver and then stop in Alaska. They're allowed to do that. So if you're in Los Angeles or San Francisco or Seattle and you want to go to Alaska, there's no place to stop en route without violating the Jones Act because you'd have to stop at another U.S. location. Hmm. So you might as well you know, say kiss goodbye to the Alaska cruise season. Um, and then – you know, the optics here are so intense, you know, 366 cruise ships that normally sail the ocean and the total number of cruise ships that were involved in a really negative way in this situation were about six. That's mm -hmm. less than two percent. But nobody cares about that. I know that you have friends and I have friends who would basically say to you, you couldn't pay me to go on a cruise right now. Yeah. But there are, you know, cruisers when you look at the travel Oh, yeah. It's okay. a small percentage. So, yeah. and, and cruisers are so loyal and people, you know, especially avid travelers have kind of short memories. So I think once we get testing underway where they could at least test people with accuracy quickly, you know, when you're, you know, boarding the boat and getting off at an excursion or maybe they even just don't have excursions for a while. We're seeing a. I, anything's on the table. No more buffets. But I think, you know, cruising. Yeah, by the end of this year, that's pretty pretty unlikely at this point. No more buffets. <laughs> no, what is what is cruising without baked Alaska in a buffet? But um, you know, it's a yeah. there's a lot we have to do to get confidence because it's also like you know the cruises were it never happened before. Uh, uh, where do they dock if there is an outbreak? You know, Florida started almost turning them away. Um, you know, whose problem is it when it's not a U.S. based cruise or, you know, should Florida's healthcare system have to, you know, burden that cost? It reminds me, it reminds me of the, you know, in the 1930s, the late 30s, the, you know, the Jewish refugees and the ship of fools. Nobody wanted them. Nobody wanted them. Uh, the other thing that's not being talked about, but we'll talk about it now, is you have at least 100 uh, cruise ships from U.S. companies that are somewhere in the world, either at anchor or berthed. Uh, they're empty of passengers, but they're full of crew. 
Uh, they're full of, you know, 2,800 uh, crew members who literally have nowhere to go because you thought the, the ports didn't want passengers to get off those ships. They don't want the crew off either. And those crew members are, are now starting to be furloughed. So they're stuck on a boat without an income. So it is just a, uh, you know, the cruise, the cruise lines have been taking money, foreign money from, you know, the Saudi wealth fund and raising debt uh, to weather the storm. But if it goes much more than a year, uh, they're in serious trouble. Exactly. And, you know, the, the problem is, how do you get everybody to come back if the airports are not open? If, mm-hmm. if, if the screening processes that we talked about at the beginning of our segment aren't in place? And then, of course, you have to have the confidence level back. People have to feel they can trust the information they're getting from their government leaders. We've yeah. got a big problem here. We do. Our government needs to, to get its act up. I mean, if you look to Asia, I have friends in Hong Kong who are now going out to brunch. You know, you go out to brunch, you get your temperature taken. The government is sending at-home pinprick tests for antibodies. We don't have any of that in the U.S. And, you know, even people, you know, flights are still going on now. But even when you arrive from the U.S. from abroad, you're not even having your temperature taken. Um, we, we really need to get our act together and and do it quickly if we want to see the travel industry rebound. Brian, of course, I, my membership level it goes back so way, so far with American Airlines that my member number starts with a zero. So <laughs> I, I was one of the very first guys on board back in 1981 with all the programs, by the way. And, you know, here we have, depending on who you listen to, how many unredeemed miles out there in the uh, in the galaxy. And up until the, the pandemic, it was becoming harder and harder to redeem them, harder and harder to earn them because they had all gone to a fare based system. Now. You know, I'm taking a look at not necessarily the charts because they've really gotten rid of most of the charts, but I put in specific days just for giggles, you know, like the Wednesday before Thanksgiving this year or the, uh, the you know, the, the Friday before Christmas, just to see what a flight would cost me to redeem miles business class or first class to Hawaii, to London, to Bali. And I'm seeing numbers I've never seen before. They're lower. Mm-hmm. And, and and this might be a great time for people who are planning trips who want to roll the dice to think that maybe we actually might be flying by November to redeem those miles now. Yeah, absolutely, Peter. We've done research. So we, you know, some of the hardest routes to redeem miles at the saver, the lowest level, like Newark, Tel Aviv in business class. I had never seen a saver ticket in advance on that route out over the last year we there are dates in the future now that united's offering nine seats in business class using your miles at the same time the they, they're not ultra discounting business in first class because the airlines are dependent that business travel and luxury travel will rebound because you know that we all know they, that, that they, they those, make the most money up there sure those those you know those pet premium passengers fund the airline so they can't really discount first class to 100 bucks because then they'll never recover so what they're doing is releasing award seats so that they can sell those miles to the credit card companies because all the airlines are are going to be approaching liquidity crises. Um, you know, Delta had got bailed out in the 2000s by American Express by pre-purchasing. And we just saw Hilton actually sold a billion dollars worth of points last week to American Express to shore up its finances. So points are here. And if you've got them now is a great time to use them, especially because the airlines are letting you change or cancel for free. Uh, whereas in the past, there were, you know, several hundred dollar fees to change your tickets. Not sure. anymore. And most people don't realize this. So we can tell them right now. Airlines like American, United, and Delta sell those miles. It, it, it varies in cost between what a, a, a 
penny point one to a penny point four mm-hmm. uh, cents per mile to American Express for Delta to Citibank for American and for Chase to to United, uh, and they're getting checks of over a billion dollars a year for all those miles that that we're all addicted to. Um, and now you know now every once in a while you're able to redeem them. But the other thing you just pointed out, Brian, is you know beware the law of unintended consequences. The airlines have stopped you know charging those ridiculous fees for redepositing miles back into your account or ticket change fees or waivers or in many cases getting a well-deserved refund. I saw one of the funniest posts online this morning that quoted you know all those statements from the airline CEO saying, hang in there with us. We're all in this together. And the person said, yeah, where were you when my bag weighed 51.5 pounds? <laughs> you wanted to charge me $300 for being 1.5 pounds overweight. Peter, can you believe American Airlines this week raised their baggage fees on basic economy tickets to Europe? Uh, after taking billions of dollars in U.S. taxpayer funds, they decided to ramp up baggage fees for premium economy. Hey. I was shocked. <laughs> Talk about not no, reading the really rules. anymore, right? I mean, these days. But I mean, no one's even flying. But I guess they thought maybe they get the increase in there. Well, no one's paying attention. But well, I thought it was important. I got, a, I got a worse one for you. What do you think Americans doing with their A321s right now that are sitting on the ground? They're taking them back into the hangar. And installing more seats mm-hmm. in coach. They're going to make it even more cramped. I mean, this is not the way that we're going to come out of this. I don't think. I think, you know, airlines like Delta, I have to say, you know, we're, we don't take any money from airlines. We're pretty independent. But uh, Delta, our readers have reported amazing success at getting flexibility with refunds and doing the right thing by consumers, even though it's costing them in the short term. They just announced they're losing $100 million a day which is crazy to think about. And United but, uh, as well. United yeah. as well. You know, but, here's the thing. I, as I said before, I'm one of those mega million milers on American. And about four weeks ago, I was thinking I was going to go out to L.A. at the last minute just to see my staff. And and then, of course, we had the stay-at-home order for both L.A. and New York. So after I booked the ticket, I realized, you know, you got 24 hours in which to change your mind. I couldn't get through even on the super uber duper secret handshake number. Couldn't do it. So a day later, I called up and I said, look, I tried to get you guys all day yesterday and your internet kept on knocking me out. And they said, oh, what's well, going to be, you know, $200 change. They said, you are not doing that to me. There is no way you are doing that to me. I had to go to two supervisors and appeal to their basic sense of humanity to yep. say, all right, what are you thinking? And they finally gave me the refund. But I mean, wow, right? A lot of hassle. Yeah. I mean, I, th- I think the sad thing is through consolidation, there's just they, the airlines know where you're going to go. Right. But I do think that certain carriers, uh, you know, like Delta, who have shown leadership, will you know, stand to gain long term because consumers do have a long memory when it comes to times of crisis and and these companies coming to their help. Listen, in the service industry, whether you're in the restaurant business, the hotel business, the cruise line, no matter what business you're in, you don't win points for delivery of service. You win points when you recover when things go wrong, mm-hmm. and it's how you recover well. Sadly to say, Brian, yeah, and you, I think you might agree with this. Moving forward, we may end up with a whole new definition of what a successful airline is, and that would be the airline that can lose money longer than anybody else. Yeah, yeah. I- it's unfortunate, but uh, yeah, it's it's really dire. I mean, with these numbers, what the the last time there were this few flyers in the sky was the 1950s. So hopefully we get that testing soon and people back in the sky because you know there's so much more than just airline employees who are out of work, the restaurant workers in the airports. It is a sad time, but you know, got to be an optimist. Up next, reopening Las Vegas. And how much of a gamble will that be? Is it too soon? I spoke with D. Taylor, who represents 60,000 culinary workers there. 
Many of you uh, might have noticed that uh, there are a lot of people out of work right now. In fact, the unemployment figures came out just two days ago. We're talking 26 million people plus out of work. And that's only the ones that they've been recording. Uh, as I said earlier in the show, that's about 9 million people in the travel and tourism business in the largest service industry in the world. And we already know how many casino workers, maids, hotel workers, uh, transportation guys, everything that makes up Las Vegas, the casinos and the resort environment uh, are out of work. It's uh, just think about this. A year ago this month, uh, three and a half million people visited the Las Vegas Strip. And now it's essentially closed down. Although, if you were to listen to the mayor of Las Vegas two days ago in an interview with uh, CNN's Anderson Cooper, you might think otherwise. And I'll get to that in a second with our next guest. His name is Dee Taylor. He's the president of the, one of the fastest growing unions in America, Unite Here, which basically happens to represent a lot of people in Las Vegas. How are you, sir? I'm great. Thank you. You're great? <laughs> yeah, Don't I have me. a roof over my head, okay, I food okay. on the table, and my family's healthy. Uh, sort you of the basics, what? so I feel lucky. Yeah, you are lucky, I know. But you represent how many people in Las Vegas? Well, in Vegas, we represent about 60,000. We represent about 300,000 across the United States and Canada. So you're talking about what I was talking about. All those people, of course, have been negatively affected by this. But in Las Vegas, you know, we're talking about industries – uh, that by definition requires social gathering. Travel and tourism is experience that, that is meant to be shared. Uh, and of course, Las Vegas is, is, is paramount with that, as would be Disneyland and, you know, so many other, you know, events, meetings, conventions, uh, football games, you name it. So all your 60,000 culinary union guys in Vegas are out of work, correct? Just about. A few are working like at the airport. But, uh, other than that, Everybody is not working right now. And the last time I think Las Vegas closed was after JFK was assassinated, I believe. That's correct. So this is we, you've had a 57 year run uh, of uh, consistent op operating in, in Las Vegas. So this has got to be not got to be. It is a brave new world for you. So the question I have to ask is and people are always, always asking me these two questions. I have, no, I have. By the way, I have no answers for one. And I have maybe a couple of answers for the other. The one I have no answers for is when are we coming back and, and when is it going to get back to normal, however you want to define normal as. And then the one that I have some answers for is how are we coming back? But let's you and I focus for the moment on when, based on uh, Mayor Goodman's interview with, with Anderson Cooper, where she's saying she wants Las Vegas to open like as we're talking right now. Does that make any sense to you guys? No, we're not going to be rats in a laboratory to get tested. And if we die, we'll just get a new rat. That's not going to happen. Or like when the mine workers used to bring canaries into the mine to check if the canary died, then they're in real trouble. So, no, uh, we're human beings. We're mothers. We're fathers. We're cousins. We're aunts. We're uncles. We're neighbors. We're not going to be treated like rats in a lab. Uh, we want to come back to work, and we want to come back to work in a safe environment not only for the workers, but for the guests, too, because right. yeah. that's an imperative. I mean, Mr. Taylor, we're talking about everybody wants a guarantee now. You want a guarantee for your workers? Why wouldn't you? And as a customer, I want a guarantee that when I walk into any of the major or minor casinos and hotels in Las Vegas or any of the entertainment venues, that I'll be protected as well. That's correct. So, I mean, so, people's, yeah. people have a paramount interest now is are they safe? And is this a healthy environment? So then this begs the question that I think nobody has the answer to yet. And that is, do you have to redesign floor plans 
work hours, the physical spacing that doesn't usually exist in those shared experience venues, timetables. For example, uh, this may not apply to the culinary workers, but it does to a certain extent in terms of cleanliness and, 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 uh, and making things safe. I mean, if you're a hotel maid in Las Vegas, you have, you normally have a requirement to do so many rooms per shift. But what happens if, you know, I check out and you want to keep that room free for 24 hours so the virus can die if it happened to be in there in the first place, not just to protect the next guest, but to protect the housekeeper, right? Oh, I, I think we want to be part of the solution. I mean, but I think there's several things that are part of that solution. We think testing is paramount. We think PPE is paramount. We think hand sanitizers throughout is paramount. We think cleaning, not just in rooms, but in public areas to CDC standards. We think that we have to enforce social distancing. We think probably how shifts are decided. And then finally, you know, our workers are covered by union contracts, so they have health care. But there are millions of workers in our industry who have lost their health care. we got to get them health care. How can... How can Congress spend $2.2 trillion in a health care crisis and not make sure people have health care in a health care crisis? It's absurd. I, I, I couldn't agree with you more. And if they don't fix that, who's going to go back to work? Well, yeah, I mean, as a guest, I mean, I had somebody who flies a lot. I haven't been on an airplane since March 12th. I want to make sure before I get on a plane or before I stay in a hotel or a casino that the workers who are in the entire chain are uh, frankly, have been tested. I want to make sure that cleanliness is up to CDC standards. I want to have access to hand sanitizers. I want to know what social distancing is. All those different items. Because at the end of the day, why in God's name would we tell a worker you have to choose between potentially death or a job? You know, in the, in the 17th century, in England, they used to have those highway robberies of carriages, and they'd say, your life or your money. Well, people always chose their life, except I think, Jack, at the same except, time. Except for Jack Benny, who interrupted yeah. the guy and said, I'm thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> right, but everybody always chooses life. I think workers obviously are in the same category, and we're not going to be treated like rats in a lab. Here's my other question, because you talk about social distancing, and it might seem like a silly question now, but it is part of the experience. So I don't see myself, let's say, going on a Disney ride like Pirates of the Caribbean and being the only person in the little boat. Does that mean if I go to a casino in Las Vegas, I'll be the only person at the blackjack table? I think they have to. I think they are. Re, they have to redesign uh, how they operate. I think that's the new world we live in for quite some time. I think that obviously, when real testing can be done, you know, not with this crazy presence as testing are available. That's ridiculous, and the testing on antibodies will come about. But clearly, social distancing has worked. It's worked in this state with this governor to enforce this early on. That's why the number of deaths, even though it's 187, which is a tragedy, we've had 11 members die in this town wow. alone, um, that if that sort of proactive approach had not been taken, we'd have a much worse situation. So we're very thankful for the governor's uh, action on that. Well, I'll be a, a committee of one to tell you that when everybody gets their act together and you call me, Mr. Taylor, and tell me it's okay to come, I'll be there. How about that? Great. We want you to come here. We want Las Vegas open, but we want it safe. And what will travel be like when we emerge from the coronavirus crisis? And what will the new normal look and feel like? David Kong, CEO of Best Western, representing 5,000 hotels and 400,000 rooms around the world, has a few thoughts. He's the longest 
tenured running CEO of any of the 10 major global hotel chains. I've known him ever since day one. And his name, David Kong from Best Western. How are you, sir? Oh, very well. Hi, Peter. And I find you today in, in Phoenix and in Scottsdale, of course, Arizona is the headquarters for, for, uh, for Best Western. You know, most people don't realize, let's start with this, how big you guys really are. You know, we, they, they're very well aware of the big branded uh, Marriott's and Hyatt's and Hilton's. But how many rooms are we talking about with Best Western? Well, we have about 5,000 hotels and about um, 300,000 or 400,000, over 400,000 rooms uh, around so, the world. So, so, yes. So when we're talking about a global pandemic, you guys, you know, it's not localized for you. It's everything. Oh, no kidding. <laughs> we have half the portfolios outside of the United States. So we, we have a first-hand feel of the devastation of the coronavirus. And, of course, you're dealing not just with, with, with consumers. You're dealing with all your owners, uh, guys who, in many cases, owners who have more than one of your hotels and all, all the, you know, the challenges they're faced with. At this point, uh, on this last weekend of April, how many of your hotels have closed? Just about all of them, right? Well, globally, we have about um, 12 or 1,300 hotels that are closed um, so it, it's a pretty significant number that's closed globally. And in the United States, about, I think about 13% of our hotels are closed at, as of now. And Some are beginning to reopen. Really? Where are they beginning to reopen? Well, internationally, for example, in China, uh, most of the hotels have reopened. In um, Europe, um, with the easing of the restrictions, some hotels are beginning to open. And even in the United States, some hotels are beginning to reopen. Right, but it's a, it's a slow rollout. It's a very, very slow rollout. It's, uh, the demand is very weak. Uh, business activities are very, very anemic. And so it's not, it's not going to be an instant recovery. I mean, I go back to the days of SARS when I was in Hong Kong, and the occupancy at the Mandarin Hotel during that time was 3%. Are you about that where now? Well, in some hotels, definitely the case. Uh, you don't go by occupancy in terms of percentages. You go by number of rooms occupied, and sometimes you only have three or five rooms occupied in a hotel. Wow. Obviously not sustainable. Obviously not sustainable. <laughs> and that's why some of them are closed. So as you meet with your war cabinet, so to speak, uh, what do you see happening over the next, let's say, two to three months? Because, you know, the, the real problem now is not that there are many other problems, but one of the real problems is, and of course, I get this question all the time, when are we coming back? And and I think that there is not going to be any one answer for that. It's going to be state by state, region by region, country by country. And it's not going to be one green light. It's not going to be one all clear signal. Uh, and having said that, there'll be a whole new set of rules and regulations that you're going to have to play by, that we're going to have to play by before anybody checks into a hotel, I would suspect. Oh, you're absolutely right. And the recovery is going to depend on a large extent to whether the virus dissipates and whether there's a cure for it and or eventually a vaccine for it. The confidence of uh, travelers is really important and confidence of companies are really important. So if you think about the health concerns, a lot of people are not comfortable traveling, period. And then you think about from a financial standpoint, many people are out of work right now and companies are some companies are struggling and they're concerned about their viability too. So I exactly. think whether from a leisure standpoint or from a corporate travel standpoint, both, both are going to be weak. You know, you mentioned confidence. I'll use another word that's a little, that's a little harsher. It's fear. Uh, you know, we go back to 9-11 
and, and after 9-11, Americans were, were worried about, actually the world was worried about flying over large bodies of water because of terrorism and air safety. Today, it's, they're just worried about traveling, period, aren't they? Yeah, and this is so different than 9-11. 9-11, we were down as an industry by only about 10%. And then even in the in 2009, with that global recession, we were only down as an industry by about 16.5%. But right now, the industry is down by over 85%. I mean, they're just uh, not even comparable. And you take 9-11... The government was quickly able to restore confidence by putting TSA in place and having all these procedures at the airport. And it allowed people to overcome that fear and concern, and they began traveling again. But this pandemic is so different and so much harder to deal with. Exactly. We're talking with David Kong, the president and CEO of Best Western Hotels and Resorts. David, when you're dealing with that kind of fear, you know, everybody wants their security blanket, but it's now a two-way street. It's not just passengers wanting a security blanket. Governments want a security blanket. Your legal staff wants a security blanket. My guess would be, you know, which Best Western Hotel is going to let me check in unless I can certify that I've tested negative for, for the virus? Uh, which country is going to let me enter their border without determining before I even get on the plane to get there? that I'm going to be okay. You know, you and I are probably old enough to remember the old yellow health cards we used to have to carry years ago that said, you know, we've been vaccinated for smallpox and yellow fever and malaria. Uh, this week, Chile already did uh, for their citizens issue what they call a, a travel immunity card, which certifies to those people who got it that they tested negative for the coronavirus, which doesn't give you a full guarantee under any circumstances, but at least gives you an indication of where we may be going in the world of travel. Well, that's true. Um, travel would be different going forward. I, I don't know exactly what it would look like, and, and I don't know whether it's in the form of travel card or some tracking device on the phone. Uh, but at some point, I think that they are going to be things of that nature. Staying in a hotel is a little different than working in an office. You know, in, in an office, you, you have people that are very close to you. In a hotel, you have different hotel rooms. Right. Um, and as long as you don't congregate in the public space, you're shielded from you have social distancing in a hotel environment. Although, let's bring up the bad word. It starts with a B, buffet. You know, you're going to have to, in, in many of your properties, kind of redefine what that means, I'm sure. Well, nobody is going in a buffet now. Oh, exactly. <laughs> the breakfast, <laughs> the breakfast uh, in the form of either grab and go. You know, we, we put a healthy breakfast together in a bag and people can take it and enjoy it in the room or it's going to be served to you, plated and served. Uh, so we don't have that cross-contamination going on. Right. Now, I've seen a number of the hotel companies like Marriott announce a whole new cleaning initiatives uh, with, with a whole new protocol that's going to go system-wide. Have you done the same? We have. Uh, we haven't announced it publicly, but we have. We were the you can do that now. Brand. You can do it right now. Yeah, we, we, are the first, we were the first hotel brand to actually introduce enhanced cleaning protocol. So, for example, in a lobby, everything is wiped down every half an hour. Um, you know, anything that the guest touches, pens, key cards, countertops, they're all sanitized. In the guest room, there's enhanced cleaning protocol there as well. Um, we're getting uh, we're in the process of securing foggers so we can 
not only just disinfect and sanitize every room, but we use fog as an extra step. Um, and, and all rooms are inspected. And so it's it's been going on since day one. You see, I have a brand new idea for you, David. I'm going to suggest a new a uh, new brand under the uh, Best Western Hotel umbrella, if you'll let me run it. You ready for the name? Here it comes. Yeah. The Hazmat Inn. What do you think? <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> Here's your train lock now. <laughs> Thanks for listening. I'm Peter Greenberg, and we'll be back next week with another edition of Eye on Travel. You've been listening to Peter Greenberg Worldwide. Catch us each week as we broadcast from a new location somewhere around the world. If you like Ion Travel with Peter Greenberg, you can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at wondery.com survey. Are you ready for an all-new season of Survivor? You better be, because Survivor 46 is here, and it's 90 minutes of twists and turns you don't want to miss. Better yet, after each episode, there's a brand new episode of On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. Each week, we go behind the scenes of the episode's biggest moments, taking you into the how and the why things happened. And this season, we're very lucky to be joined by an expert, the winner of Survivor 45, Divya Daris. What is up? I'm thrilled to be joining this team and to be giving you my take on how and the why players made the moves they did, what it takes to outwit, outplay, and outlast, and to ask Jeff some questions because even after 26 days out there, there is still a lot for me to uncover. Bring it, D. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Hi, this is Jill Schlesinger, CBS News business analyst, certified financial planner, and host of the Money Watch podcast. This is the show where your money is not scary. It is a show that's all about you. It's your questions that make it possible for me to provide unconventional and entertaining insights on your money, and maybe more importantly, on your life. Follow Money Watch wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen ad-free on the Amazon Music or Wondery app.